Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, holy mediocre podcasting, it's Anthony James. <laughs> Whoa, Conrad, you got it all right this week. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't yeah, believe it. I, I wasn't, I'd like, I, I was off my game last week because I was all, I was still covid up. So I was sort of like, I'm, I, I'm like a, a footballer coming back from injury. I'm playing myself into match fitness here, but it's gonna it's gonna take me a few weeks to get back into. Yeah, yeah. if you go down with cramp, I'll be right. I'll be right on. The, yeah, I'll be right absolutely. On the we need to forget it's a football match. You need to help yeah. the guys with cramp. That's important. Um, yeah. How are you doing, Anthony? Doing well, doing well. We do want to put a little proviso, not a little proviso, a little warning out there. Sure. That uh, there is there may be some screaming in the background. <laughs> That is not the Riddler uh, torturing someone. That is actually my children enjoying the bath. So if yes. you hear a little scream in the background, it's a it's a, it's a scream of joy. Yeah. If you and, hear children not, screaming, uh, please don't call Child Protective Services on yeah. Anthony. It's fine. We promise. Yeah, like they they have they're having fun. They express themselves, and it's it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. They're going they're going wild in the bath. I remember. Uh, just as a brief detour, a hilarious bath time story with me and my younger brother. Uh, we were once given a bubble bath. This was after having seen uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie starring John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins. And we found it incredibly funny to make a sort of, uh, like, hold up our hand, like, thusly and put a bunch of, um, like, bubbles in it and then, like, talk in an Italian accent about who delivered the pepperoni pizza. So that's <laughs> that's probably what Anthony's children are up to now. I can only imagine... You did yourself a Jared Leto, but uh, oh, I was that, better. Than, I, I, my Italian accent shits on Jared Leto's. I'll say that much. Yeah, but you're you're more of a Chris Pratt sort of thing. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, that, that. actually, no, I, retru- I don't want to be either of them. Actually, I want to be a Bob Hoskins <laughs> if I've got to be anything. Well, uh, it's funny you say <laughs> the bubbles in the bath. We were given a slime bath for the boys for Christmas. Oh. Uh, I know, and it sat on the sat on the shelf for weeks and weeks and months and months. It came to the new house with us, and my son was just constantly going, "Can we have a slime bath now? Can we have a slime bath now?" Um, we were finally like, "All right, we're in the new house. Let's get rid of this thing." Put it in, mixed it up. The whole bath turned into green slime. Something from something from uh, Batman, surely. You, oh, absolutely, yeah. My son then started freaking out. <laughs> Literally, he's just going, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I don't. And he wouldn't get in. That's he great. He wouldn't get into the slime bath. Did you just toss him in? Us... No, 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 no. Oh. I wouldn't do that. He didn't want to get in, so we didn't put him in. But, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it, it took a week to clean that bath. Like the slime, the slime yeah. would not leave. So I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Uh, but that's a little lovely little slime bath story for you. Yeah, account. absolutely. And, you know, Anthony proven himself a far better parent than I would be then by not just hurling his child, like, into the slime <laughs> bath. I'd be like, I've taken half an hour out of my day to make this fucking slime bath for you. You're getting in it, whether you like it or not. And they just yeah, yeah, toss yeah. them in. I've never heard of a slime bath. Apparently it's a freaky thing. To a no, I've not heard of that either. That's That's... The new thing, the technology these days, unbelievable. <laughs> I know, I know. It must be microplastics galore, I'm sure. So it's probably a good thing you didn't get in, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's like the modern day asbestos. It'll, it's <laughs> yeah. gonna come back to haunt you in 20 years. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. That's enough of the preamble. We're done with that bit now. Let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies. Now. Anthony, I'm gonna paint. Sensuals. I'm gonna paint a picture for you here. Yeah, I know. I, I wanna. I wanna set the scene, set the table, because 
we're we we're moving into a new era of Batman now with this with this rewatch that we're that we, this impromptu rewatch that we're doing. Which, by the way, if you're listening at, at home or not necessarily at home, any, wherever you're listening to this, but if you're listening out there in Radio Land, um, and you're enjoying the fact that we're doing like a you know a series rather than just picking whatever films we fancy doing on a weekly basis, let us know in the comments. But with that with that said, I want to paint a picture because we're moving from the Tim Burton era to the Joel Schumacher era. So we've had Batman, we've had Batman Returns. The year is 1995, all right? Manchester United have just signed free-scoring striker uh, Andy Cole from Newcastle for a then-record oh, yes. £7 million. Forrest Gump is is cleaning up at the, at the Academy Awards, <laughs> and Batman is once again gracing the silver screens. And we, we're going from the kind of expressionistic, kooky um, Tim Burton Batman to... The sexy camp, not all that dark Schumacher, Joel Schumacher, Batman. Um, And it is a change. It is a change. And it's a pretty obvious change, I think. Yes. Yeah, the the, the, the tone of these these films, we'll obviously focus on Batman Forever uh, specifically here. The tone of this film is such a hard crank. Yeah. I mean, some some of the aesthetics, you could argue they are still pulling on things from Tim Burton. I mm. think Tim Burton did produce this one. Don't know how involved he was the whole way through, but he was first first billing as the Tim Burton movie. Uh, so there is still odes to that old style, almost noirish style. Mm. But in in tone... This this is just right back to Adam West for me. Yeah, yeah. They, they, right they've they've hit they they've stuck it they've stuck the Batmobile in reverse and they're hurtling <laughs> back towards the sixties. They're like, no, no, no. We want a Batman who dances. That's what we what yeah. we want to get to by the end of this. And they get. I mean, the film the film opens with groin shots, bomb shots. Oh, there's so much uh, bat bar in this. Shots. There's what is that? What is that, Conrad? What there's, is, it's what's just that little montage of, of Batman getting great. getting dressed. It's Why great. Is that? Is what it is. And I mean, I'll I'll say I'll say this for for this movie right now. Um, the Batman and Robin, which we'll talk about next week, is uh, is frequently beaten over the head with the the ridiculousness of the nipples on the bat suit. Oh, and yeah. it wasn't even introduced in Batman and Robin people. It was introduced in Batman Forever, which I, I said off off uh, off camera um, to uh, Anthony before we started recording this. I loved this movie as a kid, and I was like, mm-hmm. uh, and but I also didn't like Batman and Robin. But watching them back, this, they're basically like very similar movies. I think like they're they're very camp, they're very ridiculous, um, and they they kind of abandon a lot of what tim burton did in those first two movies i think they they do although there is certain illusions so this, these are sequels to those ones weirdly in like theory <laughs> in, in, yeah, in theory they are sequels. we'll come do... <laughs> we'll come back to that assertion because oh my like, of catwoman there is the a line um there's a line in this movie which we'll come back to a bit later because i kind of want to i want to run through um like my thoughts as i was watching this and hopefully get yours as well but there's a okay. line that that bruce wayne says at some point in this movie which is like a, a knife in the back of the tim burton batman <laughs> movies but we'll come we'll get to that when we get to it so first first things first i don't know if you noticed this but i had no memory of this whatsoever they changed the fucking music in these movies i thought they still had the danny elfman theme but they actually have something that's similar and not that bad it's, it's uh by a by a composer called elliot goldenthal but it's not the same music yeah yeah it's, it does seem yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain Danny Elfman. I, like, I always view his sort of his his music as sort of I don't know a bit Christmassy in a way. You yeah, know what I mean, it's just, there's, a, there's a kind of a dark jauntiness to it that I enjoy. Yeah, 
Yeah, but but this very much was just sort of yeah, big orchestral superhero music. They were go well, that's what they were going for anyway. I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think it it's it, it kind of evoked the Danny Elfman theme without being the Danny Elfman theme, which does mm-hmm. sort of beg the question: Why change it in the first place? Um, I I don't know what was the thinking behind that decision but i'd forgotten it even happened mm-hmm. like i just kind of mandela affected the the danny elfman <laughs> theme into into these movies and be like well that was just the the, the music for all four of them but it wasn't um okay yeah, very strange very strange so when you when you go from batman returns which the beginning of that movie is this kind of like gothic fairy tale, the birth of Penguin as a character. And it really, like, it's ridiculous, but they really like lovingly kind of set up this character. And it's all, yeah. it's all, it's oh, all yeah. like, you know, it, it, it's, it's ludicrous, but it's very lovingly created in this Two-Face is just a guy. He's just here now. Like, there's no introduction whatsoever. Like there's no vat of acid that Harvey Dent falls into we start this movie and Two-Face is just a guy who's here. Like, it doesn't... Yeah, and, it's... and not even that, though, Connor. We also get the little line, I think about 10 minutes in or five minutes in, something like that, where it's mentioned that, you know, when when we battled him a year ago or whatever, so it's yeah. like, okay, time's moved on. We've got a new guy here. <laughs> don't worry about the details. We don't have time to establish <laughs> why Billy D. Williams turned into Tommy Lee Jones or or why he's now all burned up and purple. Don't worry yeah, about that's it. That's right. But but yeah, exactly. But, but like, Billy D. Williams was cast as Harvey Dent, but it, it is strange. But but at the same time <laughs> They, they do still have the hallmarks of the Two-Face character in sort of the idea... Well, in in some ways. It's like the Riddler. The two bad guys in this film, they have some of the hallmarks of the character. But then in other times, they just they just like sort of go away from that and it just turns into a bad guy with a gun. Yeah. Uh, but, but at least he has his coin. He does flip to make decisions, but he has to be reminded every now and then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is funny, actually, because it does sort of play... I know Harvey Dent now because of the like the Christopher Nolan ones, and mm. like you know I've 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 read a maybe a few comics with him in them and stuff at this point in my life. But when I was seven or eight, the the whole idea of flipping the coin would have been completely lost on me because that that wasn't really set up at all in the film uh, no. at the start. Obviously, the, the character wasn't <clears throat> set up at all. You know, as you say, it was just an aesthetic thing they were going for with this big bad guy now who was out of nowhere. Yeah. But as a seven or eight year old, I don't remember ever thinking what the coin was for. You know. No, I mean the only thing I really remember about the coin um, is that Doctor Chase Meridian, which is a great name, played by Nicole Kidman in this movie, turns up and is immediately like, "It's his weakness. It's his Achilles heel," and it's yeah. it's just sort of setting up a very laboured plot point for the end of the movie. Um, but again, as a seven-year-old, them saying it's his Achilles heel, you're like, okay, what's this reference to Greek? Yeah, uh, I don't you know, know I, I, don't, I don't know what Achilles means, you know? Yeah, no, I... I lo- I'm too young to watch the movie Troy. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, actually, I I, 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 I would have seen this when I was like, I'm a few years older than you, so I would have been like 11, as we were discussing before, and mm-hmm. I think I probably did know who Achilles was at this point. But even then, it's a pretty highfalutin reference for, um, for, for Batman. But yeah, so we get Two-Face, we immediately get the new Batman, the out with the mm-hmm. Michael Keaton, done with him, fuck off, uh, Michael Keaton, and we get Val Kilmer, who... I I really like Val Kilmer sometimes, and I remember really liking him in this as a child. But watching it back mm. now, my word is he wooden in this. It's he is wooden in this. You are right. Uh, however, a little peek behind the curtain for for everyone. We both watched also Batman and Robin, and I 
We'll get into it next week, but I, I can't help but compare him to George Clooney even at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you he's don't know the, the iceberg's coming. It's like the <laughs> yeah, Titanic yeah. is heading towards the iceberg in this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Jesus, Mal, Val Kilmer's bad. But what you don't see is behind that iceberg is an even bigger <laughs> iceberg. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's George yeah. Clooney's performance in Batman and Robin. Like, once you get to that... You're thinking back to the heady days of Batman Forever, like we didn't know. Don't it always seem to go? <laughs> like, that's that's how you feel. Like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. <laughs> with Val Kilmer's performance in this. yeah, Val. Like to be honest with you, Val. Like he was wooden. He was a bit nothingy, mm. but nothingy is better than what we got in the next. Yeah, one. that's so, definitely I, true. I, so I I think yeah, you are right. You are right. I didn't really like. You know, he wasn't the greatest, but but he was. Not really worthy of note, even in that regard. No, he's I mean, just kind of nothing, I think. Yeah. Um, he's certainly better than Chris O'Donnell, who we'll get to a bit later, because... They did return to a bit of the sexism from the first one, though. I can't remember the exact moment, but there definitely was... Because you know how in the in the previous... In Batman Returns, I, I said last week that there was a moment where Batman sort of said, don't talk to women like that, or whatever. Mm, yeah. Whereas even in the first one, he was you know talking down to Vicky Vale. Um, so in this one, Val Kilmer actually returned to a little bit of that, uh, and he was making some some comments to Chase Meridian, which were a bit off color, to be honest with you. Oh, I don't remember so, that, but I could definitely see him doing it. Like, there's... Oh, they weren't as bad as Michael Keaton pushing Vicky Vale to the, to no. the chair, like, but they weren't they weren't that level. But he's sort of dipping his toes back into the misogyny. Like, yeah, I mean, he's getting him. older. He's probably a yeah. little bit less kind of uh, philandering than he was in the Michael Keaton days, but he's still, yeah. you know, he's still capable of being a monster when he when he wants to be. Um, he still has the opinion that it was better back in his day and that's that's what these people have you know yeah exactly like he like he, he's like he's like it was better when i could just kill the joker you know now i've got to do <laughs> although well he kind of does kill a man at the end of this we'll come we'll get to that when we get to it so um i, I wanted to talk very briefly about the opening action set piece two faces stealing a bank vault and he like it's in a very very convoluted way. There's a lot of convoluted plans in this movie. Lots of diagonal camera shots. Lot, yeah, or <laughs> like if you want a Dutch angle, this is the movie for you. Uh, Two faces stealing is robbing a bank. It's actually a trap for the Batman though. Um, and when Batman goes to save a security guard who has been trussed and bound up inside uh, the the vault that is being stolen. It's revealed to be... Is it on a crane or a helicopter? I can't remember what it's connected to. I think it's a helicopter. It's like a hel- yeah, helicopter, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the, the, the vault shuts and then it begins filling with acid, prompting one of my favourite line reads in this entire movie, which is the security guard going, Oh no! It's boiling acid! <laughs> why does it need to be boiling? I don't understand why that makes a difference. Like, it's acid. It's bad. Like, <laughs> That's a great point. Like, That's a great point. I don't get it. But it's, it's just... Oh, that, that security guard's performance, he only gets about six lines in this movie, yeah. but my word, does he make the most of them. That is fantastic. Yeah, boiling acid, I never even, that never even crossed my mind. <laughs> How is it boiling as well? Like, what were they keeping it hot with uh, in that, around that vault? It just seems like a lot of faff. For... What is the boiling point of acid, actually? I don't know. It's probably, like, I don't know, maybe scientists. Ten. Get in touch. <laughs> yeah, maybe sure. it's like 10 degrees Celsius. Yeah, maybe it's harder boiling to keep acid. it not boiling, actually. Like, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, but but anyway, Batman escapes that eventually. Two Face is I, ca- I actually can't remember now. Does he catch him or does he, he escapes? I guess because he 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 runs him through a sign and then I don't remember if he's caught or if he just escapes, vowing revenge afterwards. But he's definitely back fairly soon. Yeah, he, like I think he gets caught at least once in the movie. Um, he's not taken to Arkham. I know that much for for various reasons. But well, regardless of what happens to him, we kind of cut from that 
to we get the chase meridian scene where there's some some they really just get straight into it with chase meridian it's there's no like kind of there's no kind of like coquettishness about their relationship it's just them making sex uh, double entendres yeah, she's and each obsessed other. with Batman she's oh, obsessed she, with Batman she bloody loves Batman like immediately <laughs> I, I, to be honest to the point where I'd be like that's a bit of a red flag actually because <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah. anything it, it's it's um what's the there's an expression that's kind of come into vogue in the last few years to do with uh like people on the internet's relationship with kind of streamers who they've never paracausal no not paracausal it's like parasitic social relationships or something like that, but it's basically totally one-sided relationships with people who don't even know you exist and who you kind of create fantasies of in your mind, and that's kind of what she's got with Batman, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's that's really prevalent these days. I think you would also. I think it's. I think the word is, is used a little bit. Um, uh, you know, sort of. Okay, but wouldn't you refer to people like that as like the the streamers stands? But I think even sure, like I. Th- yeah, but I think stands would even like refer to as people who like them. I think it's just used colloquially. But yeah, I know what you mean. That those relationships, yeah, are very strange. Yeah. Um. But but yes, I actually forgot. Now let me let me tell you this, Conrad. You forgot that uh, the nipples were in this one. Yes. I for I forgot that Chris O'Donnell was in this one. Oh I, really? Yeah, because I remember when we were said we were going to watch these. I was like, right, okay, I'm looking forward to seeing Robin. Oh, he must cut. You know, where his family die. Uh, in the circus that must be in batman and robin because that's why it's called batman and robin mm. and i was like but hang on when does silverstein come into it so i was like silverstein ca- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said that- silverstone silverstein <laughs> no, silverstein <laughs> silverstein to me so she- w- w- when do- when does she come when does she come into it because it can't be in Batman and Robin, because that's when Robin comes. No, that's how they get you. They fool you into thinking that like it's Honestly. just going to be Robin. And no, but we we get. Oh boy, do we get Chris O'Donnell on this one? So I mean, well, let me ask you. Coming into this now as a grown man, how did you feel about the then twenty-five-year-old Chris O'Donnell playing a minor? Who's <laughs> uh, like how- <laughs> he's like adopted by Batman? It's like these people are like eight years apart in age. <laughs> There's no yeah. way. Okay, I don't want to cross streams too much, but. That didn't, I'm going to be honest with you, that didn't fully settle in with me until the very beginning of Batman and Robin, the how young he was meant to be. Yeah. Because he just looks over 25 to me. It's like Tom Welling in Smallville, like, right? He was 30 years old, 28 years old, playing yeah. a 14-year-old in season one. But At least he's the- Superman, so you can be like, well, you know, he's he grew quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy's just an acrobat, an acrobatic 15-year-old or whatever he's Hanging from those be. wires stretches him out. But yeah, that's the, it. Yeah. The reason why, again, we're crossing streams here, and I'll stop doing it now, I promise, but this is relevant because the reason why i realized how young he was was because when alicia silverstein uh knocked on the door in the start of uh batman and robin he said he she was in a school uniform and he said please be please be for me you know yeah like, that is a really he, good point how old actually. is this guy meant to that's be that's a really that, yeah that's a really good point um but yeah we'll come back to that next week but that is <laughs> yeah. that there are troubling implications for the <laughs> that line um but yes okay so back to batman forever though we'll we'll talk about chris o'donnell a bit more in a second Mm -hmm. because i think that whole circus scene um deserves some discussion but before we get to that i just wanted to quickly make a pit stop at the introduction to uh is it edward enigma i can't actually remember what his no it's yeah edward enigma isn't it edward enigma because enigma is his initials so we got the name of the riddler in the batman that just came out i can't i don't think i don't think it was i don't know if they actually named him 
Uh, but yeah. I, if they did, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Edward Nigma because that tonally I don't think would have worked for. It for, wouldn't for have worked movie. at all. Yeah. But so <laughs> we're introduced to Edward Nigma, played by Jim Carrey, uh, doing a very kind of mask Ace Ventura style performance, um, and he's created a neural power stealing machine, which is just a great. MacGuffin. <laughs> it's just like a blender that he puts on his head, and it makes him smarter. I think by st- by sucking sucking in the brains of others yeah. from them watching TV. Uh, yeah, exactly. Really, and, and he pitches it to Batman or Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne says, "Nah, don't worry about it." The boss uh, says, "We'll talk about this later." And then after a little bit of a li- a, like after some kind of filler exposition th- scenes, I think there's a Batman Chase Meridian scene in there that I'm just going to gloss over. We get mm-hmm. the amazing scene where. Um, Edward Nigma murders his boss um, by pushing him out a, out a window um, and then alters the tapes using computer technology somehow. And, <laughs> and then when he, he, he basically directs the police when the, the crime the crime is discovered and a, and a, poli- a crime scene is set up, he directs the police to uh, the suicide note and says, obviously very suspiciously, you'll find the handwriting matches his perfectly as the sentence structure and spelling, which I found very funny. But then even funnier <laughs> than that is the cut to a close-up of a, of a note written in all caps so handwriting is irrelevant goodbye cruel world that's all it says so how does sentence structure and that and like handwriting matter at all for, for this note it's just like it's such a uh, it's such a good joke it really made me laugh at this time round. You, you say joke you know like it's a it reads as a joke i don't yeah. know if it was intended as well i'm i'm gonna no see i think that's that is my kind of take on these movies now coming back to them is that when I was young, I really liked Batman Forever, and I think when I was because uh, it came out a couple of years later, uh, and we'll we'll, I, we'll do our best not to discuss Batman and Robin this week. But when I watched that, I didn't really like it because I'd grown up a little bit, and I didn't really understand that they were deliberately camp and deliberately ridiculous. Yeah. And Batman and Robin is really camp and really ridiculous, um, yeah. whereas this tries to stay a little bit more grounded. Um, Mm-hmm. Which I think was why I liked it, but I think that was deliberate. I think that's a deliberate joke, even if it's really dumb. Yeah. No, okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll give you that. Like this, this film, like these four films overall, are a slow creep back to the Adam West yeah, ones. Yeah, that's definitely like, true. By the like, by the time you get to the end of this film, where like it ends with them running at the camera and all, like it do, it do, it's like all of a sudden now where we are more farcical. And Jim Carrey brings that as well. Oh. Jim Carrey is <laughs> the the bromance between. The Riddler and Two Face yeah. in this is, is a thing to behold. Jim Carrey and to Tommy Lee Jones, like they are chewing on every piece of scenery that they can find in this. It's so like they're basically carrying the movie, to be honest. Because once again, like Batman is not really the main character here. He doesn't really have an arc. I guess he has a bit of one because there's the whole like him learning to trust Robin and him and him like kind of putting yeah. his demons with his own family's death to bed. But it, that's all kind of very like hand wavy stuff like he blames himself for the death of robin's parents which we'll talk about in a second um but it's not really resolved in any meaningful way but i mean in fact actually let's talk about it now why i know he kind of says but why does two-face bomb the circus <laughs> like what is the, what it's a the whole the, it seems like a very convoluted way of threatening the higher ups in gotham I think I think he wanted to find out who Batman was. Uh, so he was he was basically saying if Batman doesn't reveal himself, 
I'm going to kill everyone here. That was just it was yeah. just a threat. But could he not have he just like taken for. the mayor hostage or something? Like the whole like the elaborate lowering of a timed bomb from the ceiling. I know, yeah, yeah. It was very elaborate. It was, it was very theatrical. I, I did enjoy. I, I'd like. I really enjoyed it. And fuck me, that is the biggest circus I have ever seen in my life. Like the the sheer like expense that must have gone into setting that up. That's well, I love as well. Like that he's he's like you know. Uh, you know, oh, that's, this is one thing that he said to Chase Meridian, uh, Val Kilmer. He goes, he goes, we got to get you out of those clothes, right? And then she's, and then yeah. she's like, looks really intri- like, you know, like what? What are you talking about? And he says, uh, into something nicer because we're going to the circus. Yeah, yeah. He lets <laughs> that sit, and like it, it, like kind of gaslights yeah. her into thinking that he didn't just say something inappropriate to her. It's like you're the one that made it dirty. Like you know, I was just yeah. going to say, oh, exactly. Good. Yeah, that, that is Batman all over. But he, they go to the circus, and I'm expecting. I'm expecting the circus, you know, like I, when I go to the circus, it's just everyone in the like, you know, normal street clothes, yeah. eating some popcorn, watching, watching the thing. Nope, it's not uh, a fancy it, affair. The circus is a red never carpet a event. Every, what is with Gotham? For a city that has such downtrodden people, and every film mm. about Gotham is about how all these like you know public funding schemes haven't worked, and everyone's in poor, everyone's poor. Every Gotham film is about that, but. By God, is there a lot of red carpet events? Oh, and well, I mean, there's what I I've come to the conclusion that's why, that that's why the, the the rich are taking all the. Oh well, yeah, I think so. I mean, in every single one of these movies, Bruce Wayne attends some kind of red carpet gala or ball mm-hmm. or or particularly masked balls, which we'll come back to yeah. in a second. Um, but yeah, so um, the 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 flying Graysons they all die. Dick Grayson is uh, the the mm-hmm. the fourteen year old Dick Grayson played by uh, Chris O'Donnell <laughs> is taken in. I actually don't know how old Dick Grayson's supposed to be in this. Maybe he's 17, but even if he's 17, Chris O'Donnell ain't 17 in this movie. Like, it's not. Well, apparently Leonardo DiCaprio turned down the role. Okay, so Leonardo DiCaprio, he would have probably... 95, this is right around what's eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah, so he he would have been, like, pretty appropriate. I'm trying to think how old he was in Titanic. I think he was, like, 21 when he made Titanic, and that was... He would have been maybe 17, 18, 18 maybe. Yeah, that would have been better casting. Um, But but... Turned it down because of Joel Schumacher's direction, would you believe? Okay, well, I mean... His, his career worked out all right, <laughs> so it wasn't exactly it. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, good, a, wasn't a mistake. Yeah. So we get um, Chris O'Donnell, uh, Dick Grayson, not quite yet Robin, but soon to become Robin, moves in mm-hmm. with Batman, and we get like the the butting aheads of these two these two male figures. Who one of them's the rebellious teen, one of them doesn't really like having responsibility, and hold on to your sides when they get together because it's a rip roaring adventure. First, first thing I need to mention before we go any further: How did you feel about the martial arts laundry scene? Because <laughs> I remember that being the coolest fucking thing in the world when I watched it as a, as a, like an eleven year old. That was, you know, when you watch a film you haven't seen since you were a child, and you have like flashbacks, you know, those nostalgic flashbacks. You're like, oh my god, this is a thing. Yeah. Um, it's like you, you know, when you watch those like children show uh, opening credit montages on YouTube from like the nineties. You have these like flashbacks. I I forgot about this show. That's what that was to me. I completely forgot he did that. <laughs> yeah, it's so um, weird. I, I, I don't. I still don't know what to think about it. Um, sh- I, I'm sort of half torn, thinking it was the stupidest thing ever, and half torn. I should try it next time I'm putting the washing. But it's, on the it's line. definitely not practical. <laughs> it's definitely not practical. There's no way that that was, was quicker or like. I mean, he literally he wrung out one of the pairs of yeah. items of clothing with his feet on the floor, and then had to mop afterwards. And it was just like you don't need to do that. You can just hang it up on the washing line. And that's literally the point. First day at gymnast school. That's like the you know like you know. You, 
you know how like in the Mighty Ducks they like they, they play hockey with eggs. Well, the first day of gy- gymnast school, they uh they, they 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 do gymnastics not with the high high wire, with with laundry. With laundry, that's, uh, that's, that'll, that'll yeah. be it. Yeah, but I mean it establishes that he's got some he's got some chops in the martial arts yeah. uh, arena, which will serve him well later in this movie. So sure. um, there's a bit where he goes rogue. I'm gonna just gloss over that because it's like. He, he just he just looks stupid. He just looks dumb. Like he goes and kind of pretends to be Batman for a bit. Can I can I say one thing about that? Go on. It is pretty stupid. Well, just thirty seconds. Chris O'Donnell apparently um, insisted that he drive the car in that scene, even though the stuntmen had always driven the bat cars. Oh, okay. But, but That's the reason why I find that the reason why I find that funny is because this is Batman Forever. This really over the top farcical action movie. Where the, you know a lot of the people you would assume they're just there to pick up a paycheck. When you hear these stories about actors being like, "No, I'm doing it for the good of the project," it's not Batman Forever they're doing it for. No. You know, it's just like Chris O'Donnell. Like this is his time to shine, yeah. his Oscar moment. I'm not letting anyone else drive that car. I need to get behind the wheel of that thing to feel for this scene to work. I need to be in it from start to finish. Um, and actually, it's just as well that you have stopped us here because there was something I wanted to mention earlier, which is that. Um, the the kind of expressionistic mise-en-scene and like art design of Tim Burton's movies mm. is more or less completely gone in this movie. There's no, like Gotham is it's still dark, but it's very it's, it, basically what they've done in this movie is they've replaced all the kind of gothic art deco architecture they've replaced with neon paint. That's like mm. the change that they've made yes. here, and never is that more obvious than in this scene where Robin goes rogue and he goes to this like street gang place and everyone's like there's just a uv light somewhere and everyone is wearing like bright green or bright magenta paint it looks like someone's gone wild with a highlighter in here it's um, like a particular gang i think that does that but yeah it's all over this part of town yeah well um, but i mean even like um two faces gang gangsters have got like the tommy guns with like the red spiral which is oh, neon yeah. paint admittedly but it's it, it's it, it's strange that that's been abandoned that that kind of art design that tim burton set up uh which we'll get back to next week because it changes a bit in batman and robin but here gotham is just kind of like a normal city and it's really uh, it's a real shame to see that they've kind of lost a lot of that i think um but we do get a lot i agree there is there is a soul lost in these movies Uh, that's why it's sort of at least like that's why i said the 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 tim burton ones there still was an essence of something there that you could you could feel like especially myself i felt that they're you know they're worthy of being made like i think this is a i did enjoy watching this movie batman forever but when i really look at it in the cold light of day it's it's a it's a it's a bit of a nonsense movie yeah. to be honest. <laughs> yeah it is um speaking of nonsense then we talked about how Batman must always attend a ball or fancy gala. Mm-hmm. We get the the big event where Edmund, Edward Nigma has somehow secured funding for and entered into mass production his <laughs> set-top boxes, the, the, the TiVo of their day, um, yeah. that have been mass-consumed by all of Gotham and allow him to harness the brain power of millions um, for his own nefarious ends. And of course, Batman attends. Did you spot a wild Drew Barrymore in this uh, in this scene or in in this in other scenes as well? To be honest, yeah, no. Drew Barrymore has quite a lot of screen time in this film. Um, I did remember she was in it. Funnily <coughs> enough, I don't know why. I don't know why I did. Uh, this is sort of when she was in a bit. 
like sort of no man's land between being a child star and like ET. Yeah, I, I and think then come, maybe coming back and never been kissed. I don't really know the f- the full. I think she divorced uh, her. I, I can't remember if divorce is the right term, but I think she'd like d- divorced or disowned her parents at this point, and had like basic and was trying to like recover from all the addictions that she mm-hmm. she built up over the course of being a, a very very badly exploited child star. Um, so that's why she was taking smaller roles and stuff like this and the mm-hmm. the opening of Scream. Um, but I mean, it's good to see her. Good to see her. Like, uh, always nice yeah, to get yeah. Drew Barrymore in. So we, we get that scene, and then th- there's some good action in that scene. I did want to draw attention to that for a second because there's not actually mm-hmm. that much action or martial arts uh, in in this movie. But that that scene's pretty cool. The bit where he drops down through where Batman drops down through the the ceiling is pretty awesome in slow mo with all the lights shining around him. Actually, yes. You say now that you say that things where Batman drops or falls in this uh, this film. I'm surprised at how well the CG holds up in certain places. Mm. Like, you know when he's fallen, like, jumping off a building or something, and you see the cape, and it does obviously look a little computery because it's of the time, but it holds up way more than I thought it would, um, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. I, it's really interesting I think, to me. I think they're kind of tasteful with the CGI in this one in a way that maybe they're not in the next one, but, like, they kind of they use it sparingly and that means it it's it, it's able to like hide its age a little bit a little bit yeah, better yeah, yeah. um okay we we get to the meat of the issue now the meat of the batman storyline which is batman wants to retire because he's in love with chase meridian uh, and and there's there's going to be a conversation <laughs> about who he is and the, the like chase meridian is like oh i think i love bruce wayne rather than just fetishizing batman like she's she's growing as a person as well and we get the line and this is verbatim i wrote this down because i was like wow that's like this is like uh jj abrams just going back and undoing everything ryan johnson did in the last jedi uh, levels of fuck <laughs> you here Bruce Wayne, in a discussion with Alfred, says, I've never been in love before, Alfred. And it's like, wow, okay, I guess so Cat- yeah. Catwoman and Vicky Vale could just get fucked then, I, I guess, because they didn't count. Um, I couldn't believe they-, they wrote that line in this movie. Like, How dare you? Yeah, that that is a good point. Like, there is a few allusions to the previous films, but that one is very much a, this Batman didn't exist before this movie one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is that... that- you know, well, Catwoman, I can understand. Like, that was they were in thing. love, Anthony. They were, they like, <laughs> yeah. it, I'll grant you, it wasn't the healthiest of relation- relationships. Yeah, but, but they were the same. They were one and the they same. Were crazy they were crazy kids. Like, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, Vicky Vale, if you're going to pick one that's like, he probably wasn't actually in love with her, like, Vicky Vale's probably the one. She probably ended up with that, um, with that annoying journalist who was always asking to take her out to dinner and not reading the uh, not reading the signs and would 100% oh. have been cancelled in in the in the modern age. Well, hopefully not for Vicky Vale's sake, but I would say like to me it feels like um it, it feels like maybe it, I, I I'm very lucky. I I've, I've 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 been with the same woman since I was 17 years old. Um I don't know if this is the case, but is it maybe like, you know, you get into a new relationship and then like you, you're saying, no, my old girlfriend, no, I didn't love her. No, I didn't, I didn't love her. Don't yeah. Maybe that's that. it. Maybe that he's got to convince himself because he hasn't, he yeah. hasn't moved on from Catwoman. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, we know what happens in the next movie and uh, Chase Meridian ain't around anymore. So yeah, exactly. who can say? Um, okay. So, we we get into the finale. Uh, the the Edward Nygma's set top box has captured the minds of the whole of Gotham. I don't really understand what Two Face's kind of 
angle is in this like he's kind of become like a sort of yeah. irrelevant character at this point um he's just, just a bad guy yeah he's just, he's just, he's just muscle like you say just a guy with a gun yeah. um batman retires uh then he's attacked and uh, in a traditional home invasion brings him out of retirement angle he's got to come out of retirement to protect the people he loves <laughs> um and it leads us to more bat butts more close-up shots of the bat butt bat boats bat planes robin gets his own robin butts robin yeah. butt we get some chris o'donnell butt which actually he he's a minor so that shouldn't have happened <laughs> yeah. um, good point make, it, make your mind up joel that. schumacher either it's chris o'donnell and he's 25 and he shouldn't be cast in this movie or it's a minor and you shouldn't be showing off his butt <laughs> it's one of the two yeah we'll keep that in mind for next week's discussion too mm. because that does play in there um so how did you find the uh by sea or by uh air pincer movement on on um edward nigma and two or uh, the riddler and two faces hideout <laughs> not very successful That's no it was awful it was an it. awful yeah. attempt they both blew up immediately like robin's first half an hour of being a superhero they kind of is... job him out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they yeah, really yeah, yeah. do you know he gets in trouble his boat explodes and then he gets like grabbed by a bunch of scuba divers batman has to go save him and then with his with his uh plane that turns into a submarine yeah his plane that's also a submarine which kind of begs the question why didn't you just use that to begin with like if you had a submarine surely it would have been better than flying towards it um and then, yeah. and then and then robin gets his gets his kind of a big confrontation with two-face who obviously uh, killed his family and he does win initially and then set doesn't kill him that's that's kind of the end of robin's yeah. arc as he's been saying oh i'm gonna kill two-face for this entire movie and he finally i want to see you in jail he, he shows mercy because because he accepts batman's advice that, that that killing him would not bring him happiness and then yeah. is immediately captured himself which is like this is your introduction to robin the superhero and the first thing he does is a destroy a plane and and then be or destroy a boat and then be get captured and be essentially another another friend in peril for batman to save at the end of the yeah, movie but but also whenever they like yeah two-face and riddler had them both in the pods you know they have chase meridian and uh, robin in the pods and batman has to choose and i was interested because i felt like it was like sort of the dark knight was calling back to this moment <laughs> funnily enough <laughs> uh with, with the uh someone should ask chris with, van Olen if that's true yeah the maggie jill and to Hall what extent Harvey were Dent you part. influenced by <laughs> by Josh Schumacher's yeah. <laughs> Batman Forever when he made this. But you know what's funny about it though? I'm looking at the two in the pods. I'm like, I mean, Bruce told you, uh, Dick, Bruce told you over and over again not to do this. Yeah. You're now in a pod and he has to choose between an innocent woman or you who begged him to be here. Yeah. I'm choosing the innocent yeah, woman you, every time. You, you have, you have <laughs> like laughed in his face and denied him at every opportunity where he said, please don't do this because you're going to get hurt. And now he has to save you. <laughs> It's just a nightmare. But I mean, I don't, so I don't fully understand the end of this movie because it, so like the the setup is is the classic you know Gwen Stacy and a bus full of children setup. We're gonna drop both of them. You can you've only got to, there's a pit of spikes or something. I don't know why that's there. That you can only save mm-hmm. one of them, or you only have enough time to save one. And then Batman says a, a, a riddle. I can't remember the riddle now. It's 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 something like oh he said it's something like wow. Uh, you know, uh, when it's dark, I have no I eyes, see. but I can it's see, li- or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's literally yeah. as stupid as yeah. When but it, I mean, the answer, dark, I can see. the answer is a bat, because of course it is, yeah. because he's Batman. Like the, he can't make any other uh, other riddle apart from having a bat. Oh, as an I answer. know what you're gonna say here. And then he like puts on like night vision goggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he yeah, like yeah. throws a batarang that gets both of them, and then he jumps down and and does his like uh his his 
what's it called repel to, yeah. to to save them both and it's like if he could have done that then like what was the point of all this setup like he could have just saved them both without doing that i don't understand what relevance the riddle or the night vision goggles had to anything okay see i'm glad you brought this up because i have a this is a bugbear of mine as well uh but it's because i realized what they were going for and it just didn't play okay so basically the whole thing was he was saying the riddle about the bat because he was going to turn the lights off and see in the dark, right? Yeah. And that's what was going to make him be able to save them because the Riddler and Two-Face can't see in the dark. The problem is when he threw the Batarang, it took about 40 seconds to turn the lights off. And when it did, they hardly dimmed the room whatsoever. Yeah, it was still very well lit. I, was, I, I mean, I know I appreciate that they need to keep it slightly lit so the audience can see what's happening. But I was there just like, I don't understand what's happening here. I don't understand why... What? Why he made that riddle comment? Why? Why he turned the <laughs> yeah. lights out when everyone can see? It's, it wasn't even. It, that's that's what it made it fail. Is when he said the riddle, he then threw the thing and took forty seconds or something to start <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to save. Them. Yeah, they could have just shot him. Yeah, I, I was. I was like, White Riddler, just shoot your hostages. <laughs> like you've got so much time to do this. Um, but he doesn't do that for whatever reason. Batman saves both of them, um, and then we enter into like some pretty pretty weak stage fighting, to be honest, by the standards yeah. of, of this movie series, where Riddler is um, his brain is like exploded by. I can't actually remember what he does exactly to do it. He like pu- he like beams everyone into his head. Or yeah, but do, just, does he like yeah. push him against a power generator or something? I can't. He breaks the machine somehow, and it and it, it makes his brain. They explode. didn't do the burn effect in this one though, unfortunately. No, they didn't. They they didn't. Like Tim Burton kept that under lock and key. Or like, tell you what, Joel, <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna get rid of my music and say the Batman didn't love Catwoman, I'm keeping Christopher Walken's corpse, and you won't have that. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever you want, but you're not getting that. But if, instead, what we get is. Um, two-face getting the jump on batman in in a moment that seems like oh no someone's gonna get shot and then he tosses a coin after batman says don't you need to toss a coin for this and he says the the one hint of a backstory for two-face comes moments before his death where he says yes of course you've always been a great friend to me bruce thank you and then it's like where's that come from where's that let's think We've literally never seen these characters interact with each other. And then he does it, and Batman throws a bunch of coins in the air, which for some reason makes Two-Face lose his balance, and he falls to his death. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, he throws, yeah, throws a bunch of coins in the air. I think because Two-Face is, again, no build-up for this one. This is Achilles' heel, Anthony. They've already established two, two, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, from falling off that girder, his heel is his Achilles' heel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the thing is, I, I what I think is funny is is that uh, it wasn't established whatsoever that this coin is so important to him that he would throw himself to his death to try and catch yeah. it. Yeah, like... as far as I was concerned, just just let it fall, mate. You know, you don't care about this. Coin. Yeah, there'll it's be other coins. Specific... Yeah, be... there'll be other coins. It's like a, it's but like a, it's, like, it's just it. like a nickel. Oh, it's not a nickel. It's a quarter or something. It's like not that important, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Two Face is dead. Yeah, um, Two Face. Two Face is dead. Joker, uh, not Joker. Riddler is incarcerated in Arkham Asylum, yeah. and we we end the film with Chase Meridian asking him who is Batman, and it's revealed that Riddler has lost his mind and is claiming that he himself is Batman, protecting Bruce's I'm identity. I'm the Batman. Um, protecting Bruce Wayne's identity once again, and allowing he. Robin and Chase Meridian to live happily ever after at Wayne Manor. Um, until the next movie. Until the next movie when Chase Meridian will not be mentioned. She's gone. Yeah. They, well, well, she was, I think, was she mentioned? 
Oh, no, no, she wasn't mentioned. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't She's mentioned gone. at all. Um, Vicky Vale was mentioned, I believe. Yeah, Vicky Vale's uh, the one that the, got away, it seems cause, like, because they, yeah, they mentioned her that she used to be a... Because he said Vicky... Oh, no, no, well, that, that was in Batman Returns, actually, wasn't it? They mentioned Vicky and then They she, mentioned and Vicky in Batman Returns. I, I don't Selena remember Kyle Vicky. Selena Kyle said, was it a pole dancer? Yeah, no, there was no Vicky mention here. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, like, the Chase Meridian soon to become one of Batman's many conquests that has been tossed on the scrap heap once he's done with them. Um, so, Anthony, how did you find Batman Forever? How What, was your, what were your lasting impressions of it? Um, I mean, Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, I suppose... <laughs> It's it's a it's a little bit like um, as much as as a fan of early Adam Sandler as I am, there is something about when comedians who are usually the same character over and over again, whenever they dial it down and just be a normal person for a while, everyone's like, "Geez, they're actually a really good actor," you know. Um, so like you know, like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah. Mind, is he a good actor or is he just not being a bird all the time? You know, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know, but that that had you know, I like Jim Carrey, you know, so maybe that was okay uh him being the riddler even though it was so over the top i didn't like i didn't like how poorly the uh backstory of uh two-face was handled to be honest with you i don't i don't like that and mm. we'll talk about next week i think they learned lessons from that moving forward to batman and robin yeah. I will say. but yeah. <laughs> but, but we'll uh, get to the backstories of those characters <laughs> don't you worry about that my word but, you know but the, the two-face didn't have any backstory I remember as a kid him being cooler or like, you know, mm. even looking better than he did here. He looked very plasticky. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I love the costume design, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I, I mean, I think, like, personally, I think T- Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey are the best things about this movie, but they are incredibly over the top in a way that mm-hmm. is is entertaining. But when you actually start to peel it, it away, it's like, is there anything here? And the answer is no, really. Um, yeah, yeah. So, okay, if you had to give this one a rating, what what side are you falling on? Ah, uh, I'm really torn here. I'm really torn because is it a one or a two? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna go two star. I think a film has to be way worse than this to be one. Yeah, uh, it's a farce. It's it is a comedy. I agree with you now. Um, it's not worthless. I'm going to give it a two star. No, I I think that's fair. I, I gave it two stars as well. I, a, a downgrade, a rare downgrade from me. I, I I went to look at this and I was like, initially when I went through on Letterboxd and like rated all the films I'd seen ages and ages ago, I gave this one a three star. And I watched this and I was like, nope, that ain't a three star movie. That's a two star movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't in good conscience give it three give the same rating as I gave the first Batman movie. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um. Okay, well, that's going to leave us then with one very simple question to answer, as we always do, and that is, Anthony, what is your favourite movie this week? My favourite movie this week, um, I think I'm going to go with um, Encanto. I'm I'm watching it again with my children at the minute. They're sort of going through back through the phase. We had Turning Red for a while. We're back onto Encanto, um, and I'm, I'm just really loving the music again. That's good. It's a good movie. A good movie. Um, what's the oh fuck? What's that really popular song from it about? We the... don't talk about. Bruno. Oh yeah, don't talk about Bruno. That's the one. I, I saw the performance yeah. of that at the Oscars, and it was it was pretty good. Lin Manuel Miranda. Manuel. Um, he uh, if he was a skateboarder, actually... that would be his nickname, yeah. and it would be so <laughs> Man- good. He should Manuel. he should become a skateboarder. <laughs> but he um he actually apparently changed the name of that character or requested to because he wrote the song Bruno no 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 and he was like. Yeah, we got to change the name of the character. I don't know what the character was called, 
Although I do, Conrad, you didn't see that one. That wasn't the one that you saw at the Oscars. You saw Dos Oreguitos, which, or I think that's how you pronounce it, which is about the butterflies. It's Spanish. It's sung in Spanish. That was the one that was nominated for oh, the okay. Oscar. Oh, did they? I, I thought they did a performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno as well at the Oscars. I can't remember. Oh, that. oh, I well, I didn't watch the Oscars. Oh, you okay. did, so maybe they did. It wasn't. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't nominated, nominated for best song because they didn't actually put it forward for that, which was very silly of them. Yeah, that was the one that like. It literally has like, like seven hundred million views on YouTube. Yeah, or something like it was now. a runaway. It got success. into like the top ten. I think it got to the top one on the Billboard yeah, charts. Very strange. Um, my favorite movie this week is Dumb and Dumber, a far better Jim Carrey performance. I think that's fair to say. Um, okay, um, and that's going to do it for us. I think this week on the best movie podcast ever. Uh, thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. Check out links to their stuff in the description below. And thank you to you for joining us. Please consider subscribing if you're not already. We're the best movie podcast ever on. Podcast podcasting apps and the culture cave on youtube get involved in the comments let us know what you think of batman forever or any movie that you're watching this week uh, and look forward to us next week when we're going to talk about batman and robin and we will see you uh, i fucked up this outro now because normally i say and we will see you same time same place next week but that just doesn't work because i've already said next week but do that as well we'll see you next week like